Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for the first half hour is Natalie Pace. She is a stock picker. Uh, she is an uh, advocate for sustainability, financial literacy, and women's empowerment. She's the author of several books, one called The Gratitude Game, The ABCs of Money, Put Your Money Where Your Heart Is. She, she's done an awful lot in the personal finance area. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Natalie. Hi, Jordan. I'm so pleased to be here. What a day, huh? It is. Let's just get right into it here. Um, so what is your uh, outlook based on Trump putting these new tariffs on China and the market selling off? Uh, did you expect this and kind of where do you think things go next in that whole arena? Well, yeah, I think that we've been expecting this for a while, and it's got a, a lot to do with valuations as well. We have very lofty valuations. So um, I think that's just something that people should be very concerned with and very aware of. And again, as you know, I've been around for you know now a couple of decades. Um, there are easy strategies to get yourself safe, protected, hot, and diversified. And now is definitely the time to do it. And again, it's more of a valuation issue. Of course, we do have this trade war going on with China that's exacerbating things, but um, you know the economy was weakening even without that going on. So what are some safe strategies you can use? I mean, people just sell right away when these kind of things happen, but that's probably not the best strategy to kind of panic. What are some safe strategies people can use in this kind of very volatile environment? Well, what we know is that... Um, Riding the Wall Street roller coaster and just adopting a buy and hold approach worked fantastic from like 1960 to 2000. Since 2000, it's been a roller coaster and people are losing more than half every eight to 10 years. So what has worked is modern portfolio theory with annual rebalancing. So rather than panic, because what happens is, look, if people were going to go to modern portfolio theory right now, which means keep a percent equal to your age safe, diversify the rest, um, the at-risk portion, know what's safe in a world where even bonds are vulnerable this time around, you know, if you were to do that now, you'd probably be in good shape. But most people don't do that. What they do is they wait for the absolute bottom and then they freak out and they sell everything. They don't they don't even, you know, get uh, keep a little bit. They sell it all. So the really that buy and hold plan has become a buy high, sell low plan because we are humans and we have emotions. So, you know, what we hear is like the, the last few years, stocks have been on fire. So everybody wants to buy high. And then if the markets tank and they go down, like we've seen twice in this you know, new millennia, then people get freaked out when it's at the absolute bottom, thinking it's the apocalypse, and they sell everything. So um, a better strategy is to always be properly diversified, to have enough safe, to know what's safe in a world where both stocks and bonds are in a bubble, and um, and real estate's at an all-time high, and so is debt is absolutely astronomical. So it's a, it's a uh, diversified plan that you rebalance annually, and, um, and that'll do great. Well, I mean, the markets are still nice and high, so there's no problem in getting this done now, even with a drop of 885 points today, which is terrible. But, um, you know, we've seen drops as high as 55% in the Great Recession and 78 8% in the dot-com recession. It took 15 years for uh, dot-coms to crawl back to even. 
But you don't think we're at that kind of moment we're going to have a 50% uh, decline or something like that, or do you? The financial indicators today are worse than they were in 2000 or 2008. So it's a valuation issue. It's not that America doesn't have good products to sell, um, although we should be inventing the next wave of good products. We are leading the world in a lot of our Internet um, industries, you know, um, outside of Boeing's current troubles. You know, Boeing is a pretty strong, um, both in defense as well as airplanes and for the um, civilian sector. So we do have a lot of the products that the world wants and desires, but um, it's a valuation issue. And this bull market has been built largely on corporate buybacks, which has over leveraged a lot of companies. A lot of people aren't aware over 50% of uh, investment grade bonds are at the lowest rung. So they lose one contract or the economy starts to weaken, which we already know it has, and um, they can be downgraded to junk status. That's a very illiquid market, and it also freaks people out. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you should be that this is. It's not like that's uh, Abby normal anymore. Those kind of drops are actually the new normal of life. So talking about bonds, we have a dramatic drop in uh, treasury interest rates down to about 1.7 on the 10-year treasury. Normally when interest rates fall, we just had the Fed cut a quarter a point and they think they might cut again. Normally when interest rates fall, that expands valuation. That means the PE will rise. What do you make of the big drop in interest rates today? Well, the problem is that we started out too low. So normally you get a series of interest rate cuts that dramatically boost the bond market. So, you know, in 2001, when, you know, dot-com uh, stocks were absolutely tanking, you had bonds that were get selling for a 25% premium. 2000 cash was the highest performing asset. 2001, it was bonds. But we were starting at 6.75% interest before the Fed started cutting. In the Great Recession, we were starting at about 4.5% before Fed started cutting. We started this time at 2.25. So there's just not enough room for the Feds to cut to really help the bonds out, especially given the amount of overleverage. Because bonds were, because they were so cheap, interest rates were so low for so long, you had so many companies that were just borrowing. They could borrow for you know what would be considered almost free money, and a lot of them were using uh, money to buy back their own stock. That makes their own EPS look higher than it really is, and it makes the PE look lower than it really is. So um, you know this is a financially engineered uh, bull market with no room for the Feds to help. Um, by cutting rates, they're going to have to, you know, use other tools. And quite frankly, um, they they've even expressed uh, financial stability concerns as well as policy impotence. Speaking of free money, how about in Europe, where all these bonds are trading literally at negative yields? In Germany, uh, even the thirty-year bond is negative. All, the entire yield curve in Germany is less than zero percent. Yeah, but, yeah. So it's yeah, it's 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 hard. It's rough, right? Because this is basically a huge tax on retired folks. Because in a normal world, you know, your your safe money should be earning at least a five or a six percent yield. And right now, you got to take on all kinds of um, risk. You got to go into junk bond status to get a five percent yield. So um, yeah, it's a it's it's a uh, it, you know it's a very um, rough time to try to be a saver. 
So you have to really understand even money markets right now. A lot of people are not aware, you know, like if you go to a traditional uh, brokerage or your 401k provider and you ask them, hey, I want to get my money safe, they'll probably try to put you into a money market fund. But there's a new bail-in program that uses money market funds to do that. They can now have redemption gates and liquidity fees. So, you know, you better be the boss of your money. You better know the basics. And, um, you, you know, if you want to get safe this time around. One of the things you do like is gold, which has been on a really big move. I think it's over $1,500 an ounce now. Why is gold moving so much and where, where does it go from here? Well, um, yeah, so gold right now is a little under 15. It's 1467. Um, and of course, the high was 1895. That was in 2011. Um, okay, I, I like gold, but I don't like necessarily gold coins. And I also believe that it should be um, hot slices. So in a properly diversified portfolio, you keep a percent equal to your age safe. You, uh, I'm overweighting 20% safe right now. The right answer is zero to 20. And then you diversify the rest. And when we diversify, what I mean is small, medium, large value and growth and four hots. So I don't think you should be all in on gold. It's a very volatile as well. And it can be manipulated. Um, so just be aware of that. Where do I think gold is headed? I think that when people freak out, when the dollar weakens, so we are seeing some weakening in the dollar. Of course, um, you know, the White House has said they would like that to weaken a little bit further um, to help our exports. So uh, that usually is positive for gold. Also, what is positive for gold is when people, um, you know, kind of fall out of love with stocks. So we've had a, a real swoon fest with stocks for quite a while now, and that's been uh, keeping gold abated. But, um, yeah, I think gold has room to move. But I don't like the gold coins. And the reason for that is that you oftentimes get sold into buying um, what they call a semi-numismatic coin, so an almost collectible coin, and they upsell the charge on it so that the minute you own the coin, it's kind of like driving your car off the lot where it loses you know, 45% of its value and it's got to go up 55% in order for you to break even. So just be careful of how you decide to play that. And I would not go all in. Again, the right strategy in any market, whether it's a bull market or a bear market, is never all in, all out. It's always a diversified plan so that you're protected if the markets go down and you can go up if the markets go up. Nobody anticipated that we would be entering an 11th year of a bull market. And um, those people that sold low in 2009, you know, those were the very ones that wanted to buy high in 2016. You have a seminar coming up. Just tell people about it and how they can find out more. I assume at nataliepace.com, but tell them about the upcoming seminar you have. Thanks. Um, so yeah, go to nataliepace.com and you can click on the flyer. The long and the short of it is it's three days, life transformational. You'll learn nest egg strategies. You're going to learn what's safe and how to get safe. And you're going to learn how to get hot. And you'll even learn how to save thousands of dollars annually in your budget with smarter big ticket choices. So the retreat often pays for itself in budget savings alone within a few months. It's our most affordable retreat. And if you mention money answers then you're going to receive a free private prosperity coaching session as well. And that's valued at $300. You have to mention Money Answers, and um, then you'll receive that free gift. And you need to do that before the end of this month. So um, that's going to be now through August 31st. And call our office. Please feel free to call us at 310-430-2397, or you can email info at nataliepace.com. 
and tell them the dates and where it's happening. So it's in uh, southeastern Arizona, October 19th through the 21st, and there's natural hot mineral springs in the area, so we call it our R&R retreat. After this kind of market soon, I think having a little R&R sounds like a pretty good idea. Yeah, it's really going to calm the nerves. It helps out a lot. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this half hour is Natalie Pace. You can find out more about her and her retreat at nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this. I'd like to tell you about Care-of, which is a subscription service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your specific health needs. You go onto the Care-of website at takecareof.com and take a five-minute quiz. You answer questions about your diet, lifestyle, fitness, and health goals. Care-of then puts together a personalized plan designed to address the health issues you identify on the quiz. This system can give you a boost in whatever you need, such as more energy, better sleep, losing weight, or reducing stress. Then Care-of delivers to your home uh, daily vitamin and supplement packs that are customized to your recommendations, so you're only taking what you need. The packs even say your name on them. The packs are made from compostable plant-based films, so your vitamins are always kept fresh while the packaging is better for the environment. You can modify your subscription at any time when your needs or preferences change. Care-of makes sure that you're putting into your body comes from the best sources backed by honest guidance and the latest medical research. If you're a vegetarian, Care-of offers unique supplement packs to match your dietary needs. I tried Care-of and found the quiz easy to take, and it came with some interesting and helpful suggestions for vitamins I would never have known about on my own. The package came quickly and was easy to take, since each day's vitamins were in one easy-to-open package. The system recommended a combination of cranberry, B-complex, and magnesium to boost my energy and improve short-term memory. The supplements really helped me with these issues that the quiz had identified. Learn more about the compostable packs at Care-of's website at takecareof.com. Listeners to The Money Answer Show get 25% off their first order when you enter the promo code M-A-S-H-O-W, MASHOW, at checkout. Go to TakeCareOf.com and take the quiz and get a personalized selection of vitamins to make you healthier and happier. Enter promo code M-A-S-H-O-W at checkout to get that 25% discount. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. 
Attention heroes, current and former firefighters, law enforcement, military, medical, or educational professionals. Heroes can receive rewards averaging over $2,500 when they buy, sell, or refinance a home. Heroes come first. Along with the Homes for Heroes is the nation's largest hero reward program. Their mission is to provide extraordinary savings to heroes who provide extraordinary services to our nation and its communities every day. Learn how you can purchase a home for no down payment, no closing costs, and get money back at closing. Find out how you can own for less than you may pay for rent. Get your hero rewards at heroescomefirst.com. That's heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, comefirst.com, 888-437-6114. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this half hour is Natalie Pace. She's a stock picker. Uh, she's an author. Uh, you can find out more about her at her website, nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Yeah, I'm so glad. So much to talk about today. There is. Well, in the gold area specifically, you said don't do gold coins, but what are some gold ETFs or individual stocks that you like to play this move in gold? Okay, and I do want to say full disclosure, I own all three that I'm going to mention. So okay. the first one is a Junior Gold Miner. And this particular company, it's called McEwen Mining. It's owned by a 25-year veteran. His buddies include Elon Musk and all kinds of people. He is known as an innovator in the gold mining industry. He actually took uh, Gold Corp from about $50 million valuation up to $8 billion. And then he decided that he was tired of just uh, doing all of the due diligence on the earnings reports. He's more of an entrepreneurial type. So he decided he wanted to do it all again with an um, American-based company that could actually be listed on the S&P 500. Now, he's not there yet, but uh, he's got a lot of assets. And I think the biggest asset that he brings to the table is himself. He's just one of those great CEOs that gets stuff done. And what is the the stock symbol on that one? It's uh, M-U-X. Okay. And then, then all about ETFs as a way to play gold. Yeah, and I think this is a good idea because, um, you know, that way you get exposure to a bunch of different companies. And um, the one that's out there that's easy is called Ring. It's an iShares ETF. And be careful that you, you know, that you know the fund provider itself. Like, don't just go online and Google gold ETFs because you might get one that just started yesterday. So I think it's just really important to make sure that the fund provider itself is someone that you know is well capitalized and that you um, actually know the name like iShares or Goldman Sachs. Be sure that if you do get a gold ETF or a gold miners ETF, which is what I would um, say is a good idea, that it's from a reputable company. Now, if you want leverage, there is a Direxion three times bull market ETF. This one is high risk. It, if gold prices go down, it goes down three times as fast. If gold prices go up, it goes up three times as fast. But if you happen to look at this one, and the symbol is N-U-G-T, so nugget, 
if you look at this one and you look at the stock price chart, you'll see that the all-time high, which was only, what, in 2012 of this particular um, ETF, was the equivalent of $15,000. And right now it's trading at about 33. So the upside of it could be significant, but you just have to have comfort with a lot of risk. And just to be clear, the the stock symbol on the ETF is R-I-N-G, is that right? Yeah, so like a ring, like a ring you wear on your finger. A gold ring, yes, very yeah. good. Okay, let's get quickly to cannabis. So there's been a lot of uh, hype, and people say this is going to be the next new growth industry. But there's a lot of people have been losing money too. How do you play cannabis, and is this uh, for real as an investor? It's absolutely for real. Like if you look at the growth, it's unfrickin' believable. I'm looking at the last cannabis stock report card I did, and you know some of these companies. There's not one of them. Now again, there's a difference between the penny pot stocks. So there still are a lot of penny pot stock scams out there. So you have to know what you're investing in. The publicly traded companies are the, all ones that have to be based out of Canada because it's still not legal here in the U.S. like it is in Canada. Maybe state by state, but because the federal law is still ambiguous, um, most of the companies, the smart ones, the big ones, are all Canadian-based right now. So they are listed here, uh, most of them. But uh, the growth is phenomenal. So it's anywhere. There's not one that's under on, uh, 200% growth year over year. Some of them are as much as 800% growth. Also, if you look around, you see CBD everywhere. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. You can. In my dad uses CBD oil. My dad, who is lives in Arizona, in as red state conservative as you could possibly be is uh, using CBD oil to help him with, you know, his circulation in his legs. So, so it's just become your top two, two picks, your top two cannabis picks. I'm going to give you a few to think about, but I also want to say this. The problem with cannabis is that it moves quickly. So, and, and it just boom and bust. And it's just because it's so early stage. So like you have a company like Tilray and it jumps up to 300 bucks. And within a week, it's already down to 90 bucks. Now it's at trading at about four, I think it's in the 40 range. So it's now low again. So now might be a good time to buy something like that. The actual fundamentals on Tilray are strong. It's double, you know, it's um, 300% revenue growth. The people that are on its board include like the former vice chancellor of Germany. I mean, this is real even John Boehner is on the board of one of these cannabis companies called Acreage. So, but the problem is that their stocks are super volatile. So you have to uh, buy low and you have to take your profits early and often. Or if you think it's one that's going to go to the moon, you still want to take your profits while leaving a little game on. So the ones that I kind of like right now, Tilray, I like, I like the price. There's another one called Afria. The uh, former CEO and founder of Haynes Celestial is now the acting CEO of Afria. Um, there's Aurora and there's Medmen, which is a little bit more of a risk, but it's growing like le- by leaps and bounds too. And Medmen is a retail shop that's based in the United States, but it was designed, uh, the retail stores were designed by the, the person that did the Apple stores, and it runs like clockwork, So um, it's, and its growth is phenomenal. Very good. You're saying that today is more, as you call it, bubblicious than the dot-com craze of 2000 or the real estate crash of 2008. Why mm-hmm. is it that bubblicious? 
<clears throat> well, okay. So what a lot of people are looking at when they think about um, how the economy is doing is unemployment and inflation. But the truth is, at the top of the market, unemployment is always low. And for the past 20 years, so is inflation. So those are not the things that have caused the last two recessions. What has caused the last two recessions are bubbles. So when we think about, you know, the recession uh, in 2000, it was the dot-com bubble that popped. When we think about the Great Recession, it was the real estate bubble that popped. So low interest rates create bubbles. And that's basically been what the feds have been doing for the past 18, 19 years to try to keep the economy going is keep the interest rates pretty low. So we have a new normal of low interest rates. Right now, stocks are higher than they've ever been by far. Corporate credit is higher than it's ever been by far. Consumer debt is astronomical, higher than it's ever been. Public debt is astronomical, higher than it's ever been by far. So like right now, we're at $22 trillion. That's going to go up as soon as the Treasury um, borrows more money to pay bills because they got the debt ceiling lifted. So that'll go up this week. And um, the Fed rates, Fed funds rates are, you know, rock bottom. So there's not a lot, there's policy impetus there. I mean, imp- impotence. And then we have the inverted yield curve. So all of the things that were happening before the last two um, major downturns that were really terrible, I mean, they were more like depressions than real recessions, um, is more problematic today. Real estate you're, you're stocks, bonds, the, higher. The, bob, the bubble we were talking about is a debt bubble. It's unlike the dot-com bubble in the real estate. That's what you're saying is going to burst, is the huge amount of debt in the corporate sector, in the individual sector, in the government sector. Is that right? All of the indicators are higher. So it, even value, it's also a valuation problem. So what happens when debt bubbles burst? Well, you know, we have to go back to the Great Depression, <laughs> to, you know, to know what happens. Um, and so we've been seeing a lot of white papers come out that are researching that era um, more in depth. So again, you want to be... Um, you know, the hard assets, you want to hold on to them. You want to make sure you're not buying high because hard assets hold their value better when you have this kind of leverage in the world. Paper assets, when you have too much um, paper around in the world that's over leveraged, it becomes extremely vulnerable. So, you know, you got to do a, a very forensic examination of your uh, fixed income side this time around. Very good. In the minute or so we have left, just tell people briefly about the seminar you have coming up and how they can find out more about it. Great. We'd love to have you. It's um, three days to protect your assets, learn how to diversify, learn how to get hot. And um, it's in Arizona, southern Arizona, near Natural Hot Mineral Springs. So there's a focus on R&R. It's our most affordable retreat, October 19th through the 21st. And if you mention Money Answers, when you register for the retreat, you're going to receive a free 50-minute private prosperity coaching session with me personally that's valued at $300. We'd love to have you. So do call 310-430-2397 or go to nataliepace.com and click on the flyer to learn more. You can read all kinds of testimonials there as well. Terrific. Well, you've given us a lot of great ideas this half hour, Natalie Pace. Uh, she's been my guest for the last half hour. Uh, you can see more about her at her uh, website, nataliepace.com. Find out about her books, 
her stock picks, all kinds of things she's doing all the time. So thanks so much. You've been a great guest on the Money Answer Show, Natalie. Thank you, Jordan. Anytime. Thanks so much. We'll be back after this. I'd like to tell you about Care-of, which is a subscription service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your specific health needs. You go to the Care-of website at takecareof.com and take a five-minute quiz. You answer questions about your diet, lifestyle, fitness, and health goals. Care-of then puts together a personalized plan designed to address the health issues you identify on the quiz. This system can give you a boost in whatever you need, such as more energy, better sleep, losing weight, or reducing stress. Then Care-of delivers to your home daily vitamin and supplement packs, which are customized to your recommendations, so you're only taking what you need. The packets even say your name on them. The packets are made from a compostable uh, plant-based film, so your vitamins are kept fresh, while the packaging is better for the environment. You can modify your subscription at any time when your needs or preferences change. Care-of makes sure that you're putting into your body what comes from the best sources backed by honest guidance and the latest medical research. If you're vegetarian, Care-of offers unique supplement packs to match your dietary needs. I tried Care-of and found the, quick e- the quiz easy to take, and it came with some interesting and helpful suggestions for vitamins I'd never have known about on my own. The package came quickly and was easy to take, since each day's vitamins were in one easy-to-open package. The system recommended a combination of cranberry, B-complex, and magnesium to boost energy and improve short-term memory. The supplements really helped me with these issues that the quiz had identified. Learn more about the compostable packs at Care-of's website at takecareof.com. Listeners to The Money Answer Show get 25% off their first order when you enter promo code M-A-S-H-O-W at checkout. So go to takecareof.com, take the quiz, and get a personalized selection of vitamins to make you healthier and happier. Enter promo code M-A-S-H-O-W at checkout to get that 25% discount. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. 
Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this half hour is Kirill Bensonoff. Uh, He has over 20 years' experience in entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. As a founder, advisor, and investor in over 30 companies, He's currently the CEO of OpenLTV, which gives investors across the world access to passive income collateralized by real estate and powered by blockchain. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Carol. Hey, thanks, Jordan. Just tell us your story briefly, and I, I, I know you've got many companies, but just briefly, can I tell you how you've gotten to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm an immigrant. I came here to, to the United States as a kid when I was 11 years old old from the former USSR. I, I lived on the East Coast for the majority of my life and uh, kind of followed in the footsteps of, of some of my family members who are entrepreneurs. I uh, started out with, with nothing and kind of you know, built up uh, usually in the technology space. I started a company that did IT services that we spun out a software company. Both of those successfully exited uh, and then kind of moved on to the blockchain as first as an investor in cryptocurrencies and then uh, and then on to OpenLTV, which is uh, security tokens collateralized by real estate. So just tell us a little bit about how OpenLTV works and how, can people invest in it or if you're in real estate, how, how does it work? Yeah, I mean, the, it it is essentially a traditional, uh, quote-unquote, crowdfunding type of a mechanism. Uh, the difference is that uh, instead of just investing money, you get a you get back a security token or, or a digital representation of your security. And though the value there is that these tokens can be uh, potentially traded on secondary markets. I mean, this is depending on you know, if these secondary markets exist, depending on the, what type of token it is specifically. Uh, but it, it could be transferable, it could be tradable, so it makes these securities more auditable, more liquid, uh, and, and uh, potentially easier to manage uh, uh, um, and, and profit from. So you're monetizing the equity in your home into tokens? Is that what's happening here? No, this is more along the lines of uh, investing into investment properties. So so basically, OpenLTV will facilitate the lending to people who, you know, either home flippers or people who do buy and rent, uh, uh, you know, of, of houses. So it'll raise funds from accredited investors uh, and then qualified investors internationally, and then basically facilitate the movement of that money to to, to these borrowers who want to use it to uh, do fix and flip, fix and rent, and that type of stuff, and they'll get a yield. So, so the people who uh, buy these uh, uh, tokens would get income from the, the, the interest on the borrowing or rents from the uh, underlying real estate? Where would they get income from? Yeah, it, it would be basically interest. So it's a, it's a high-yield investment. You know, They could get anywhere from... Eight to twelve percent annually return on on the money that they invest. So yeah, the, the people that borrow this money will basically pay back an interest. It's all debt. It's none of it is none of it is equity. I see. And so, can they find out more at OpenLTV.com? Is that is it up and running now? It is. Yeah, the, we haven't formally launched the service. It's coming soon, but the site and lots of information is on there. 
Excellent. Very good. So let's talk more broadly about the blockchain. Uh, you, you think it's as revolutionary as the Internet going mainstream. Why is it going to be that big? Uh, just because it's it's it has a ton of different applications. I mean, if we think about just the the currency that could live on the blockchain, cryptocurrency uh, or stable coins, and, and all these things that that could you know uh, potentially replace uh, uh, sovereign currency or or improve sovereign currency. I mean, that's revolutionary because today data can move easily, right? Where you know we're moving email, we're moving files without even thinking about it these days. But moving money and programming money is 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 either more difficult, more expensive, or not possible. So I think I think the the idea of like programmable money, where you could have uh, I don't know something that represents one dollar, for example, and program it to do something if something happens. I mean that's that to me is revolutionary. So wouldn't there be resistance? I mean there has been resistance by uh, central banks and national governments that don't want to give up their sovereignty. Uh, the SEC is trying to uh, regulate. Uh, cryptocurrencies as securities isn't there going to be a lot of resistance to this a ton yeah absolutely i think it's uh you know i, I don't remember too too much about when the internet was coming you know was was maturing in the uh, maybe the late 90s early 2000s i presume there was some resistance as well but this is even more sad because it has to do with money and i think the governments are you know the federal reserve and 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 the the regulators are really going to be thinking about it a lot because and and they have to be because you know there's people's money is at stake nobody wants uh, people to go bankrupt or lose a, a bunch of their hard-earned money in, in investing into uh, into these unknown or, or potentially unknown types of assets so there will be resistance there will be regulation potentially but I think I think eventually all money will be will live on the blockchain programmably so how will this disrupt the financial system? Uh, if the blockchain, you know, does become that widespread, oh, I think I think there's going to be a, a a ton of different changes. I mean, it's a the you know the most like the lowest hanging fruit is how how easy it, it, it could it be to move money from person to person. I mean, we have it fairly good in the United States, right? We have PayPal and other services that make it fairly easy to move money from from you to I, for example. Uh, and if you want to move it overseas or, or abroad to another country, it gets more difficult and more expensive. I think blockchain will facilitate that even more so that there's less intermediaries. There's not going to be a bank in between, a correspondent bank, another bank on both sides. I mean, you're going to be able to move money person to person without anyone in between. So that's going to make it really, really inexpensive and, and quick. Um, I think on, on the sort of the security side of things, uh, I believe that all assets will be securitized on the blockchain at some point, and that will again facilitate, you know, faster settlement times, make everything more globally accessible, make the movement of these assets a lot less expensive and a lot faster. So, th those are kind of the two big things in the financial services industry. And if we think about, you know, insurance, if we think about, you know, a ton of, I mean, uh, healthcare. There's so many applications where, where these could be viable. Of course, people are concerned about money laundering and uh, drug cartels using it. What, what kind of ways can it be prevented to be used in, in ways it shouldn't be? Well, look, I mean, I think that, that these are valid concerns. I think the, that uh, human ingenuity and, and technology will enable all of these things to be manageable. Uh, even uh, just last week, there was a study by MIT 
uh, and uh, Elliptic, which is a uh, which is a company that tracks uh, payments across uh, across the blockchain. And they found that less than two percent of the transactions that they tracked, and they looked at some hundreds of thousands of transactions, were used for illicit purposes. Um, so, and and you know, I don't know off the top of my head how much cash. If we if we think about you know the dollar or or the euro cash, how much of it is used for illicit purposes? I would I would probably guess it's it's around the same percentage. So I don't think I don't think cryptocurrency is used. Or anything that the cash isn't used for, um, more or less. So, as far as investing, um, do you stay to the big coins, to Bitcoin and Ethereum and uh, XRP, or, or do you uh, go to other kinds of coins as well? As far as investing, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, me personally, I I, I like the the large cash. I mean, I, I like Bitcoin specifically. I mean, I think Bitcoin has proven its resiliency. It had obviously a, a big drawdown uh, in 2018, and now we're kind of seeing a comeback. Uh, but I, I still think that Bitcoin will be the one that, you know, the institutions are interested in, that, that you know, the investors are interested in, and it's becoming uh, a digital, you know, digital gold, quote unquote. So I, I'm, I'm really all about Bitcoin these days. So we have this kind of turmoil in the world. We've got this trade war between the U.S. and China. Gold has been going up a lot lately. Treasury bond yields have been falling. How, this is almost the first time that Bitcoin has been through a kind of international uh, crisis, I guess you might say. How do you think Bitcoin is going to do in, in this kind of environment? Well, it's been doing pretty well. I mean, even today, if we I don't know if it's an anomaly, but I, I've seen this a number of times. I mean, we have... We have the Dow down, you know, seven, eight hundred points, uh, and Bitcoin is up, you know, five percent or more um, on the day. Is this a coincidence? Potentially, I'm not sure if there is a direct correlation there, uh, but I, I do think that people are starting to realize across the world. Again, this isn't just U.S. Right, where we're seeing people from across the world invest in Bitcoin. So um, people are looking at it and saying, I, I should invest, you know, 5%, 10% of my portfolio into this new asset and, and uh, you know, take a long-term view. I'm, I'm hoping that's what people are thinking. So you think it's being seen as a safe refuge, almost like gold? I believe so, yeah. And what is the best way to buy into Bitcoin? Are, are there some, like Coinbase or Gemini, or what are the places that people can sign up for to, to get some direct Bitcoin? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think the two you mentioned are, are are great examples. I mean, there's a number of reputable exchanges and and fiat on ramps where you can you know use a credit card or use a bank account and or other methods of payment and and easily you know within a day sign up and and be able to buy Bitcoin. And do you think it's going to be used in everyday transactions in the future? I hope so. I, I certainly hope so. I mean, it's still an open question right now. I think there's some some technological advances that will hopefully facilitate it, like the Lightning Network, uh, where it'll it's faster, less expensive, and, and there are other benefits as well. And, you know, I think today it's still it's still fairly expensive for a small transaction in Bitcoin, and it, it could be fairly slow. So. As it is today, paying with something small for Bitcoin is not the best idea, but potentially moving larger amounts of money. I mean, there's been millions of dollars moved recently just in the, in the past days, and the transaction costs were really, really low. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest for this half hour is Kirill Bensonoff. He is the CEO of Open LTV. You can find out more about him at kirillbensonoff.com. 
We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, this half hour, is Kirill Bensonoff. Uh, he is an entrepreneur. He is currently the CEO of OpenLTV. And you can find out more at his website, kirillbensonoff.com. Welcome back to the show, Carol. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Tell people what they can find at carolbensonoff.com. Yeah, we, they could listen to my podcast. It's called The Exchange with KB. We talk to entrepreneurs and interesting business leaders, uh, mainly in the, in the blockchain uh, space, but we talk to, to others as well. Like right now, we're doing a, a mini-series on entrepreneurs that kick that kick ass. I'm not sure if I can say that on the show. Okay. but All <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we just kind of we talked to just interesting people that came uh, to the U.S. as an immigrant and were able to uh, to be successful in the business. What are some of the ways that you see uh, entrepreneurs being successful? What are some of the key uh, attributes of successful entrepreneurs? I, you know, it, it, it kind of varies, but I think the one universal uh, success factor that I've seen is is just being driven. I mean, people people come to this great country to realize a dream. And, uh, and and a lot of people are, 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 you know, motivated to do so. I mean, they wake up every morning and they think, what is it that I want to get to? What's my long-term goal? What's my short-term goal? And, and they go about their day kind of trying to get to their goal. And those are the successful ones. So you say that beyond the technical parts we talked about blockchain, it has a broader impact. You think it can democratize and further globalize human society. How can that work? And, and how long is that going to take to happen? It'll take a while. I think it'll take a decade or more. Uh, though it could be completely wrong because people say blockchain years are like you know times seven in, in real years or, or something like that uh, because things happen. Things are just happening a lot faster now. I mean, if it took the internet you know five ten years uh, to to really proliferate, I mean, blockchain we kind of we got there in 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 a third of that time or so. Uh, but I think that across the world because we are still talking about areas that are completely unbanked or, or mostly unbanked. We're talking about areas, some areas that don't have internet. And obviously, internet's a requirement. Having a smartphone, at least, is a re- with internet is a requirement. So I think it'll take a decade for for people, institutions, and governments 
to trust and uh, for technology to really develop around, you know, controlling, securing, and ensuring that people's money and other assets on the blockchain aren't lost or misused in some way. And one of the big new developments is the uh, exploration of Libra, which is this cryptocurrency formed by Facebook, but also many big partners like MasterCard and Visa and PayPal and so on. Do you think Libra is going to be successful, and how is that going to work? Um, first of all, I've got to say that I'm I'm really uh, I really have to give a big you know hats off to Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, David Marcus and the rest of the team at Facebook for actually, you know, going forward with this idea. I mean, this is a fairly controversial idea, and and it's it's new and it's uncharted waters. I mean, Facebook is growing. I mean, they just announced their quarterly results, and they they you know they did very well, and they're doing very well every quarter. Yet they found the time and the energy to establish Libra. And 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 establish a process and and get this whole thing moving and get the conversation on the forefront. Uh, so I, so I think that's really great that they've done that first and foremost. Uh, will it be successful? Uh, I believe it will be. I believe that it has opened the the floodgates, uh, if you will, of corporate uh, America and 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 potentially corporate world looking at. Uh, blockchain, cryptocurrency, stable coins, and, and other things as a viable uh, mechanism, which could, again, you know, benefit the corporation and benefit the customer uh, and benefit the whole ecosystem. I, I think specifically Facebook will be successful. Libra will be successful. I think it'll be a challenging road, but I believe they're going about it correctly. They set up a nonprofit, a foundation in Switzerland. They are talking to regulators. They're going through the hearings, and as painful as it, it is for them and for everyone involved, I mean, they're 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 airing out what they're going to do, and hopefully, it's going to lead to a a much better product at the end of it. So, what is going to happen out of Congress? As you said, they've had hearings. Do you think they're going to regulate it as a security through the SEC, or what kind of positive regulatory environment uh, could there be for Libra? You know, I, I don't think it'll be a security because I don't believe that they're going to position it as an investment that can appreciate in value. Um, I think it'll be, look more like a currency. Uh, I think that Facebook and now Walmart, I mean, there's been recent news of a, of a Walmart patent that describes a stable coin in, in, sort of similar in its function to what Libra is. Uh, and, and there's probably others thinking about the same thing. But I think that they're going to look at it as more of a currency that can live within the, the ecosystem, within the Facebook uh, network of, of uh, services and outside of it as well. And I think that's the real value. I think that it could, it could be used as a payment mechanism, as a, a, you know, a ticket within the, the ecosystem. But the, you know, what makes it special is that it could be sent outside the ecosystem into a wallet and then potentially exchanged for a, a completely different asset on the blockchain like Bitcoin or, or something completely different. So how would that work? So say Libra is, uh, is successful, it's out there. People would have it on their smartphones and they, they're checking out at Walmart and they wand the smartphone and it takes a certain amount of Libras. How would it actually work? Yeah, I think it'll be, I think at, at the core it'll function like a payment you know, system where you can, from, from your wallet on your smartphone, for example, you'll be able to check out at a, at a uh, physical store or at an online store and and make a payment. I mean, that will be the 
that'll be one of the the, the, the ways that it'll work. Another one is you you'll be able to send money, for example, within uh, within the Facebook ecosystem, like in WhatsApp or or Messenger. Um, and then somebody the the recipient will be able to exchange that money for. Uh, for their local fiat currency potentially, or or, or use that Libra to purchase, um, you know, purchase another uh, another good or service within their their country or or wherever they live. I think it'll it'll mostly be a payment mechanism. So it's designed to be stable, not to go up and down like Bitcoin, but have a relatively stable trans uh, exchange value with the local currency. Is that the way it's supposed to work? Yeah, I think the the challenge with Bitcoin is it's so volatile, and it's, for merchants, it's really hard to to use Bitcoin as a pricing mechanism because it, it fluctuates every day, every minute. How will uh, crypto in general and uh, Libra in particular uh, affect existing payment processors such as PayPal? I mean, they're part of it, but could this hurt their business? I think it will, yeah, because PayPal, I mean, they're, they're, they've, they PayPal, when they were uh, growing up and maturing, they've definitely democratized and lowered the cost uh, related to money transfer. However, they still charge, uh, you know, they still charge a fee, and that fee is probably a fair amount higher than what uh, the blockchain fee would be because there would be no intermediary. Uh, so it, it could it could hurt their business, but I, I think PayPal is really smart, and they are, you know, they did the right thing by joining the foundation early and and become, you know, become part of it. And I believe they'll figure out a way to continue to monetize their business. So to sum all this up, some people are very concerned and worried about. Uh, the blockchain and cryptocurrency. Some people think it's great. W- what is your overall view of the future, say the next 10 years of what's going to happen with cryptocurrencies and the blockchain? No, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think that uh, we're going to see uh, A, uh, in the sort of the Western mature financial services markets, we're going to see a movement of uh, established asset classes onto the blockchain like bonds, stocks. Uh, we're going to see tokenization of assets like real estate so that people can invest into a piece of a, an asset uh, rather than buying the whole thing. Uh, and then and then in return, they will be able to have this digital security that they can then move to somebody else or they can sell uh, before it matures or they can you know do something else with. So I think we're going to see uh, in the in the um, established financial markets, we're going to see a migration towards the blockchain of all these asset classes. I think that we're going to see more corporations um, coming into the blockchain and see and looking at the blockchain uh, to establish their own corporate currency that's going to allow them to monetize their goods and services and get a bigger slice of a global market and uh, be less reliant. Uh, potentially on uh, sovereign currencies, and that's that's great for global companies, right? They might have one stable coin uh, instead of dealing with many. So I, I think we're going to see all of these things, and I think we'll also see democratization of uh, of payments and cheaper payments, faster payments, and the underbank or unbanked uh, coming into the financial system uh, in bigger numbers. Well, sounds like a very interesting and complex world that we have coming up. We're not used to having so many different currencies out there. Well, thanks very much, Kirill. My guest this half hour has been Kirill Bensonoff. He's the CEO of Open LTV. Uh, you can find out more at his website, kirillbensonoff.com. Thanks so much for being on the Money Answer Show, Kirill. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Thanks so much. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now.
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.